For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car Pilot Paul Lee, and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. This is WFO Radio. Hey everybody, WFO Radio is back. Welcome to our winner's edition from the 69th Dodge Power Brokers U.S. Nationals. I'm Joe Costello and super excited because we're getting everybody, baby. We're getting everybody on this show today and hopefully you will help me get the word out by sharing and pushing the show out there. We've got Antron Brown going to be joining us just seconds from now and then Matt Hartford going to follow in right behind. Hartford been doing the car wash. He's on all the shows as you would expect a first-time U.S. Nationals winner. Uh-oh, look at this. I got Antron Brown calling me. I'm live on the air. Let's see what he has to say. This is Ed. Hello, Antron. I'm, I'm, I just started the show. I'm live, baby. What do you got? No, no, there's a link. Uh, Allie was going to send you the link to the StreamYard. I will email it to you right now. How about that? Yeah, not meet Google. That was just the calendar. I'm, I'm going to send it to you. That's all right. Here we go. He's going to send it to you right now. This is this guy. He's back-to-back U.S. Nationals. It's no big deal. Listen, that's the thing about WFO, guys. All these other shows, you know, the veneer of perfection. We don't have any such veneer. There's no veneer. It is just straight down home, down and dirty is what it is. Reality. It is reality. And so now Antron has received the link and we'll see how long it takes him to get on the show. And in the meantime, while you're enjoying all this reality, I'm going to tell you about the people who make it possible for me to get real like this every day, multiple times a week, however you want to call it. You already heard a little bit about FTI performance transmissions and torque converters. I want to tell you about the folks at Foggett. This is Gary Stinnett's company. Gary Stinnett, who is a, what is he? A four-time Super Comp World Champion. This guy has had great success. Am I getting that number right? He's won the Indy a couple of times. He's got all these incredible, yeah, he's four-time, which is pretty amazing. But he has invented this Foggett for the inside of your racing engine. Yeah, I see AB down there. Everybody that got worried, don't worry. Antron Brown can figure out how to win back-to-back -back U.S. Nationals. He can figure out how to click a link. He'll be on in about two seconds. Don't worry. But I also want to tell you about the folks at Phillips Connect. Phillips-connect.com. Smart trailer technology for those of you that are in the transportation industry. And if you want a personalized introduction, just email me, Joe, at WFORadio.com. But it's about safety. It's about efficiency. If you're out over the road, you got your trucks and trailers, you're in that business, you know that anytime one is not on the road, then you're losing money. It's as simple as that. Phillips-connect.com. Com. Total Seal Piston Rings. We'll hear a little bit more about Total Seal later on in the show when Matt Hartford joins. But, you know, do you need a better commercial about Ring Seal than Total Seal going to the winner's circle at the U.S. Nationals? I don't think so. TotalSeal.com. The next time you need to build an engine, or maybe you're an engine builder. Bernie Speed Shop, Bernie's.com. They have got 100,000 square foot of everything. 
They are buying and selling on consignment. They've got a huge inventory of cars, classic cars, muscle cars, exotic cars. They do e-bikes, you know, those electric bicycles that everybody's on nowadays. Boy, I wonder if mountain bikes have like the prices plummeted because everybody's getting e-bikes now. Go to bernies.com to find out more information. And yes, you heard a little bit about FTI, Performance Transmissions and Torque Converse. But right now, let's bring him on. He is the back-to-back U.S. Nationals winner. And I think that means five for his career because he's got a bunch of pro stock motorcycle. When you get to the point where you can't keep track of your U.S. Nationals wins, you've got something good going on. And I know this man does, Mr. Antron Brown. A.B. Joe, Joe, what's going on, baby? What's going on? All right. I can't see your face, man. I can't see. I see you like this. There you go. That's better. What's the logo on the hat? Is that Toyota? Is that AB Motorsports? What is the logo no, on the hat? Ain't no big deal. This AB Motorsports, okay. man. I'm, just, well, I'm at the shop. I'm just at the shop, man. I'm at the shop just uh, getting it all together. I want to make dark sure. in this room, man. I don't know what so, it is. Since we've already started the show with a healthy dose of reality, let's keep it going. Let's set you up a studio, Antron. Like, I got all kinds of lights over here, you know? Like, we got lights. We got things, man. It's like you can you can dial it up. Make that your 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 media corner where you've got it all going on. We can do that for you. Look at that. <laughs> so it's the end of the week. How many interviews have you done so far about this U.S. Nationals win? I there we go. I know what I got to do is let me get the lighting right for you, man. We got to do this right. If we got to do this right, I got to do it right. What I got to do is I got to get my, I got to get my computer up higher. So the light, I got plenty of light in my deal. Look at that. Is that better? That is all, man. That's a beautiful man right there. There you go. Now you got me. Now, now you got me. Now I know how high it needs to be. I got to hey. make it that high. I got this. I got the stuff to make it fly. Hold on. I'm thrilled you're here. I'm thrilled you're here. I want to know, listen, let me know when you're ready to get deep go. because we're going to talk U.S. Nationals here. I'm ready to go. All right. How'd you sleep on Sunday night, on, uh, on, on uh, Saturday night? How'd you sleep? Man, I slept, uh, I didn't, I slept fine Sunday night. Saturday night. Uh, you're going into final qualifying, you know, like that you were. Well, you got to remember one thing is that I was in the show and then I got bumped out. Mm. You know what I mean? So I ran at 85 or whatever it is. And we dropped the hole on that run and we were on like a 78 run and dropped the hole. So we were like, all right, we're there. We just got to fix this and fix a couple of things. And you know, one thing goes to another. And then you got to remember all these teams come out to the U S nationals and they come out there with their cars and parts and pieces like they're running for a championship all year. They do it for that one race. Like everybody's got brand new blocks, brand new heads, tune-ups on max cackle. And they come out there to try to qualify and they want to win the U S nationals. That's a championship inside itself. So we all know that going in. And then, uh, Friday night, we try to light it up. We came out there, try to run a 68 like we did in, in Brainerd E1. And lo and behold, it, it was a little behind on the start line and it tried to make it up and didn't stick and hold. The track wasn't ready for that yet. And uh, it was really, really close. So we messed up there. So you go into Saturday and we're like, all right, we're in a too fast, too tasty challenge. So we go out there, uh, it was a little hot, a little warm. And we got through that first round. We went a 385. I think we went 385 and we beat – uh, Mike, he smoked the tires 
I think he did, right? Yeah, Mike Salinas smoked the tires against us because that's who we had to re How anybody remembers anything that happened before Monday, I have no idea. Like, it's a miracle. So much happened. No, but I, I remember that. So, like, cause I'm, I'm just living, I'm just reliving my weekend for you. So, Please. so after we go through that, we got through that round, then we raised Justin and we go against Justin and he goes out there. He runs a really, really good lap. He runs like a seven, I forget what it was. It was, it was in the 70s somewhere. And we went out there and we snooped through it and we dropped the hole and ran another 385 or 390 or something like that against him. 3.90 because we dropped the hole and we, at the step to throttle and Justin goes out there and he runs like a three seventy eight or something like that. Then after that, uh, after we got through that whole ordeal, we're like, all right, well now we're going to Sunday. But then like we got bumped out from that Saturday night deal. Cause a lot of other cars stepped up and got back into the show and stuff like that. Like Tony Schumacher ran a 78. This guy did this, this person did that. And then, I went from there. We're like, we're outside looking. So first lap, we set our car up to run like a 76, 77, somewhere around there. And it dropped a hole. I just set the throttle, got up, nuked, like nuked the clutch disc out, and we dropped the hole. So uh, we were having problems in the bell housing with a couple of clutch discs. Like our pack wasn't really happy that we had in there. And that's what we were struggling with all through qualifying. And then the last qualifying session up, Brian made some adjustments, Mark, and he went back to the clutch department and they made some adjustments in the bell housing. And they go, we're going to do this, do this, and we're going to put it back like Brainerd. We have enough discs that we can even race on race day like that just to get through Brainerd. And then we have to stay after and test and put a new disc in because the new disc that we put in obviously wasn't working like we wanted it to work. We thought we tested in Brainerd. It was going to be okay, but it ended up not being okay. And then, uh, then we go out there and he goes, we're going to put it on Q3. At Brainerd, same kind of similar conditions. The heat was out there like that, and it should run 79, 80 flat. So we go out there, we ran 80 flat on a track that was hot, and we were like one of the top three or four cars of that session. You get what I mean? So it wasn't like we were a slow car, but that's what we had to run to get in because the bump was at 82. So that 80 got us in on number 15 spot, and let me tell you something. Joe, it was it was the longest thousand foot I ever drove in my entire life, man. I can tell you on the start line when we left the start line, I was like, oh, it got up. I can feel it not dropping the hole. It got up on the tire. It's actually going decent. And then I felt it going down. And, and when we come out the jiggle, it started getting going. I said, oh, it's going good. It's going good. It feels good. And then I was like, all right, man, this is this is the trouble area, like 330 to 660 feet where other people in front of us were smoking the tires. Just hold on, baby. Just stay, just stay hooked up. Stayed hooked up. And then we got to the half track where like 550, 600 feet where the clutch comes together, where you hear go, where everybody on track sings, sounds like a top fuel car shifts gears. It came down and went, I'm like, just stay hooked up. Because if it's going to pull the tires loose, that's where it pulls the tires loose. That's where the G meter is at its highest point. And once we got through there, I was like, oh, then I hit the transition bump. I put the car going like this. I'm like, oh. Don't, don't, uh, don't, don't let them tires, don't let them good years come unglued. And they stayed down, brother. And I was like, just hold on. Don't drop a hole. Don't backfire. Don't do nothing. Because in a top fuel car, a thousand, a thousand things could go wrong at one time. And uh, I did not want a thousand things to go wrong. So with that being said, I was like, all right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Let's, let's get this thing happening. And that's what ended up happening for me. So, 
It was we were, I went to the finish line. It was all lit. I saw the 327 mile an hour first. I was like, oh, it went good mile an hour for the heat of the day. And I saw that 3807 or 8. And I was like, we're in. We're in. And I got to the end of the line. And the deal, I said, well, we got these last two cars that's coming behind me. Uh, if both of them go faster than 80, I'm on the outside looking in. But I felt comfortable and confident because the thing about it was it wasn't a nighttime session. It was a daytime session where it was hot and nasty. And I said, if we could just hold on, we, just, we don't have to be quicker than both of them. We just got to be quicker than one of them. So I had a 50-50 shot. You know what I mean? So I was like, and once I saw him go down and I saw a little tire puff from both of them, I'm like, we're in, baby. We're in. So you – you entertained the possibility though. Like you thought of the reality of maybe we won't be in, like you faced it. And how did you, you know, how are you dealing with that? Like preparing yourself mentally for what you you're going to have to deal with. Like I get to be on Fox with Brian and Tony, I guess, like, obviously you don't want to deal with that, but it was a possible outcome. It's always a possibility. I mean, I've been there before on the outside looking in, and it's just circumstances where everything just goes wrong at the wrong times. But what it did for us was we learned so much through that. You know what I mean? We learned some things that we won't do again, and we learned some things that uh, from that and say, you know what? Okay, this is this is the cards we were dealt with. And uh, it, it's not just bad luck, but sometimes when – you never learn when everything goes right. Like Brainerd, everything went right. We qualified well. We we ran well. And the results showed on race day. You know what I mean? Just want to rinse and repeat. We wish we could have rinse and repeat with that. But, then, but the honesty of it is, is that, like, we're a new program and we're growing. And uh, we, we have plenty of clutch discs, but we're learning all the clutch discs that we have. You know what I mean? And, and we're only getting better with it. And we're growing to where we'll have an abundance amount of clutch discs where – we'll have an arsenal that we could test way beforehand and know that uh, we won't get caught with our pants down like that again. You know, and your I mean? reward so, and your reward. You're like, what do you get? Hey, we're in Brittany force first round, final round rematch of the year before. And uh, Nikki Sheely, who does social media on uh, NHRA. And she's like the creative mastermind behind all that stuff. She said, whoever wins that race is winning the race. There, that's it. Circled it like that. There's your race winner, one or the other. And uh, it turned out to be true. You got to run Brit at the biggest race of the year. And, you know, she's always tough. Grubnik was showing out and qualifying some good, some good efforts. Um, tell me about like the pre race brainstorm session between Brian and Mark and you and Brad, as you guys geared up for that run, you have the longest amount of time to think about that matchup. Well, the, the good part for us was we knew going into Monday morning, it was going to be similar. That's what Brian said. It's going to be similar to conditions. We ran at 10 a.m. in the morning. So it's going to be the best track that we had all weekend for all the prep that we had going through. And also, it's going to be similar to what we ran in Brainerd first round, that you could run a 70 to – like a 68 to a 70 was going to be low. And for us – we try to replicate our run, but we didn't want to get too greedy and run a 68 and spin the tires. We were shooting for a 70 flat run, and that's what our car was on. Our car was on a 70 flat run, but a lot of people never realized they saw Brittany blow up. 
but we shot a spark plug out at 500 feet. We didn't even make it to half track. We only had seven cylinders at half track. And uh, we went only 284 mile an hour or something like that at half track. And we went a 298. We didn't even make it there. Our car was on like a two. If you put our normal splits that we run normally in those areas, we would have ran a, a high 69 to a low 70 that run. And we ran and it shot another spark plug out right after half track 700 on another cylinder. So we're down two cylinders. That's why we only went 320 mile an hour and we went a 374.4 is because of that. So, so what it should have, could have, would have, but our car was on point to run what it, what it ran close to Brainerd. And, uh, and that's what we were getting. That's what we thought we had to do to win. You know what I mean? If Brittany's car didn't do what it did, she would have been on the pace of doing the same thing also. You know what I mean? Even though she still went at 380, but she backfired at a half track. We were dead even, and she dropped the hole right at half track, and we shot a spark plug out about 150 feet before half track. So both of our cars were on on kill. Like if her car stayed together and my car stayed together, you would have saw like high 69s, low 70s between each of them, which has still been a heck of a drag race. And I think we had her by 11th thou or 12th thou off the tree, off the starting line. So that still would have been a really close drag race. And uh, But it was good to get past that round because, Joe, that's what set us up for the rest of the day. Because once we did that, what a lot of people don't realize, even though you're 15th, you take over the number two side, the ladder. So you take over the number two side that you're coming down. Even though I'm 15th, it was like I was number, it was like I was number two because we took out the number two qualifier where you'll line up on that side of the tree and and it wasn't e- it wasn't easier no matter where we go. So it didn't make a difference where you qualified, you know. Yeah. Who do we have next? We had at Clay. Next we had Clay Milliken. Right. And Clay just made the show, but he went a 70. We just sneaked out lane choice on him and he went he, he threw a 75 out there. You know, first round. So against him, we went a 79. And I think Clay and them, they uh they yeah, went down the track. Three thousand was the number that you got lane choice by. Did, did yes. that matter for you guys out there? Was lane choice like a big factor? Or was it a factor factor? I know in pro stock it was a factor. Uh, it just got to where you could pick the lane. Both lanes were good, and I could tell you this: the right lane has three like little whoop bumps early on, like before you get to the three thirty. So that plays a little bit where your car's getting ghost. Depends on how you manage and where you apply your clutch and your power at, because everybody does it different. Some people hit it hard off the start line. And let the car breathe there. Some people go gradual off the start line, let the car accelerate gradually the whole way. But it all depends. If you hit a hard, hard early, you have to slow it down somewhere for it to calm down. And that play, our car accelerates through that area. So it can make us tricky when we have those bumps early like that. But uh, we've got it. We, we had it down to where we can go down. And basically with Brian and, and uh, Mark and Brad, and they work with our Toyota with the TRD boys, they just look to where traction's good so you can get off the starting line. So you can get the car going, and then you can ease it up. And that's what you want to do on hot tracks. You want to get it going and ease it up so it floats through all the trouble zones. And uh, But you can't run no good ETs unless you get it going, you know. So so that's the that's the trick of the beast. When it's really good out, you get, you're getting it everywhere. You know what I mean? You're getting it going. You're getting it in every increment. You got the car accelerating as hard as you can. You got the flows coming, the clutch coming at it, power the ignition's coming back quicker, like the timing's coming back out the j- after the jiggle. So, so all that playing in hand when it gets hot is that we just wanted to pick it, pick a good lane that we can get the car going early. And uh, and we backed off on it, and uh, 
we we were easy in 60 foot and the track was still impressively good as much as you UVs because we didn't want to throw it away smoking the tires because that's what we saw after we ran you saw a whole bunch of people in e2 smoking the tires steve-o smoked the tires which you never see them smoke the tires you know what right. i mean so that shows you how tricky the track is when the track gets tricky and you see the capco boy smoke the tires you know it's really really tricky because they don't smoke tires on hot tracks they usually drop low et on those types of tracks are you keeping track at this point like uh, tell me about how you you focus on yourself everybody says focus on ourselves except you know, you got to see who else is going on, right? Capco is advancing. Steve gets around Sean Langdon round two. Uh, Doug gets around Salinas round two, goes on to the semis on your side of the ladder. Obviously, you know, Justin is moving on. And so that sets up the semifinal clash of all Titans. Like everybody there is a major player. This was, there were no easy runs at the U.S. Nationals, but are you monitoring what's going on with the rest of the category? I, I look at it all the time. I, every time we come back, I look at the sheet. And when I look at the sheet, Joe, is one of those deals where you're like, all right, you know, all right, this is who we got. This is what this is what we got to try to do. And for me, I just go up there. I race everybody the same. I don't I, – I treat them all the same. Only thing I do is I know what people's staging procedures are. So I know how I'm going to stage. So I'm not sitting there with the clutch out nuking my clutch. You get what I mean? Some people take longer. Some people are quick. And I'm never going to hold anybody up. Most of the time with all my competitors that I race with, we literally stage at the same time. Like my light goes on, their light comes on. If their light comes on, my light comes right on. And and uh, and we're racing. You know what I mean? I don't try to play any games. I don't do that to people. But some people still try to play games. And I know those those racers that do. And what I do is I just wait for them. I literally just wait for them to do what they got to do. And, they, and I come in. only thing I'm worried about is I don't want to mess up the tune-up of my race car. They're not going to affect me. No matter when they stage or when I stage, it doesn't make a difference. When the last yellow bub, when the last stage bub comes on, I'm looking at the tree to take off. It, I can go in first, last. I can go in fourth. I can go in third on the four wide. I can go in first on the four wide. But uh, but typically I never do that because you don't want to go first on the four wide because you have some people that take forever to come in. So, right. so, so with that being said, I usually let one person stage. I'm usually the second or third one in. I'm never the last one in, but uh, – it's just one of those deals where it's just how I race. So when I when I see Justin come up there, Justin goes right in. As soon as you put the pre-stage bub on, he puts the pre-stage bub on, or you put the pre-stage bub on, he has he Justin's all business. He's straight. Ain't, ain't no thinking involved. Justin is just doing. He is he he's an assassin, brother. Right. Him, like, you know what I mean? Like, and he, he don't care where you're coming in. His sights are already on and that tree comes down. He goes, he goes, pick my dust up that is left on the track for you. Cause I'm in front of you. That's what Justin well, says. You know what well, I mean? seriously, what's up with that? Okay. You're one of the best levers in the category. This kid comes in, he's an athlete, uh, you know, played wide receiver in college and he understands many different aspects of how to prepare himself mentally. But in the end, like you're, you're wiring, I don't, can you even make it that much faster than whatever it naturally is? This guy's just naturally quick off the starting line. And he, he said he was in deep on that 17. Okay. I'll give him that. You didn't have a 17. Well, he had, he, he had to be in deep or, or, <laughs> or that Joker had his foot going down as the light was coming on. Cause let me tell you something. I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. That was a long light that me and him had. Like when we staged, I was like this. Like it still ain't on, but I I've been doing it a while where I'm poised where I can wait long and I won't leave 
until I see yellow. So, so I'm fo- really focused on when it's yellow, I go, but the longer the light is, the more ready you are for it. For, works for me. The longer the tree, the better I am. If it's a quick tree, you might catch me every once in a while, but I'm usually on that too. Cause as soon as I see yellow, I just go. But, uh, I was 39 on that. No, I was 34 or 37 or 35. And I felt like I got the tree good. And when they gave me a time slip, I said, you got to be kidding me. This joker had a 17 light. I was like, ain't no way. Like, you know what I mean? And and I've been working. And, and trust me, I know how good Justin is on a tree. And we could go tip for tat on the practice tree. But their car is very responsive. And we've been working with that on our on our side of our car, too, to make it better. Because as you see, this last race, I've been in low, I've been in the low 40s every round, except for the round of race clay. Because when I came in, it was a quick tree where me and him blinked the bubble on the same time. And then the tree came on really, really fast. So I had a 60 flat against Clay when Clay had like he had it in there just a little bit. And he had like a 48 or something like that. And uh, but my trees don't change from qualifying. I had those same lights in qualifying. I stayed the same way every time I flicker or blink the bubble on. I don't take two inches, three inches, four inches. You know what I got. It's all there. So so I mean, I just do the same thing I do on qualifying as I do on race day. That's how I've always been. But I don't change the game. So. So uh, in the final, I was super pumped because that round before I had a 37 or whatever it was against against Justin. And then I was 40 flat and I was 40, forget what I was first round, 44, 45 in E1 against Brittany. I think I was 44 and Brittany was 55 or something okay. like that. According to the NHRA.com uh, bracket, which isn't always 100% accurate, I hate to say, but it says Brittany was 65 and you were 54. That's right. That's right. 54. I was 54 first lap. I was 54, okay. 54, 54. And then second round, you were 63. Clay was 42. And then you really kicked it into high gear against Justin and, and Steve. Yeah, like I, I got in his own, but plus the fact of it is we changed, like, you know, it's one of those deals where you change some things and uh, I just got in his own. I got in his own because after Clay, I said, I can't play around like that no more because uh, that that's that's funny when you say a 60 flat light shallow stage is a bad light, but that's a bad light for me. So so I, I work and in, in, uh, I'm better than that. And, and against Justin and Steve is what I had. That's what I should be at, 37 and 40 flat at Indy at that racetrack. So – so that that was uh that's where I should be at Nessa uh, and the car ran exceptionally well where we got it all back together and that run in the final that was a heck of a run for how hot the track was. Yeah. So, 779328 40 reaction time you load up Steve Steed having had an amazing day cuz he was in a backup car that had not been down the racetrack according to what he told us uh out of an abundance of caution they found something on the back of the car and they go to the final round regardless. You ran everyone you've got like these great personal fun rivalries with Brittany, you know, she called you out last year. You guys play tricks on each other. Uh, you know, Justin teammates, Steve, good friend, mentor. He said that you were Apollo and he was Rocky and you taught him all your moves. And now I didn't teach him everything. I ain't teaching him everything, Joe. I teach him everything. You never teach him. Just like Like actual Apollo. He didn't teach Rocky everything. No, but, and, no, no. Now you win the U.S. Nationals back to back. Something in top field that hadn't happened. Reinhardt dropped the number on us yesterday, like crazy. What's that? Just that uh, in top field, no one had gone back to back at the Big Go in a long time. Really? Yeah. 
I forget the exact number. Go back on the show tomorrow. Uh, yesterday. I'm surprised that Schumacher had to be the last one that went back to back at the big go because he's won it like 10 times. Right. How could he not have gone back to back a couple oh, of he, times? He's, he's went back to back. He's went back to back at that you race. He went back to back. Caps went back to back. Matt Smith went back to back. Bo Butner and Supergas went back to back. It was something up about back to back. Our pro stock winner who was down there in the ready room, Matt Hartford. I'm going to bring him on in a second. Have you guys like do a little cross conversation from category to category, but he did not go back to back. He won his first Indy. But other than that, it was back to back. Yeah, I, I got a bone to pick with Matt Hartford when he gets on here. We was oh. up on that winter circle stage, man. That Joker, we all looked at each other, had a little talk about spraying that champagne. And that Joker, and we all like, yeah, man, we're just going to spray out front, right? Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Joker had the bottle, had his finger off to the side, and he got me in my eye, man. I, I was blinded on that stage, got me on my face, wet my whole soup. I came back smelling like champagne, man. I smelled like sweet grapes. It wasn't a bad thing, but, man, all right, I said – We'll bring him on in a minute. We'll bring him on. I got two more things I want to ask you about. Obviously, you know, summarizing the race day, going into the countdown, like everything like that. But when Dean Antonelli won and uh, Caps won, he goes, uh, yeah, and they're probably going to win right behind us because whenever we win, they win. And you guys got to win the two DSR alum that set out on your own, that won the U.S. Nationals together last year, that had Great countdowns last year. Caps won. You came in second. And you get to win again together, except this time in a Don the Snake Prudhomme tribute car, and he's on the starting line. And I just kind of want to know what you make of that whole happening because it's so unlikely to win the one race that you've got the special scheme and all, just math doesn't add up. No, you, you, Joe, you couldn't draw it up better than what it was. I mean, the storylines at the U.S. Nationals this year – you know, from Matt Harford, then you have Matt Smith, then you go into Ron Caps and doing the, the tribute Hot Wheels cars. That really was the start of all the marketing and all of like the creativity of our sport on the marketing side, where we start bringing in the big corporate backers that really took notice of our sport from the Snake and Mongoose deal with the Hot Wheels deal. And, uh, that was so special. And to see the collaboration on how good it came out and even the uniforms took you back to that era and snake being snake, Don Perdome, this is what a lot of people don't understand. Everybody knows he's a cool cat, but he's so sharp. He's very, very smart. Very like everything he does is always like, like it's literally like laid out and planned to the T like it's a mathematical equation that he puts down on everybody and people don't even realize it. And when he comes out there, he still, he still got, he still got the strut, the look, the walk, and then to do it out there, you know, caps. I mean, that's, that's literally snake brought Ron to where he's at. Like Ron learned everything he could from snake, the way he carries himself, the way he talks, the way he represents the, the look of his operation, and for me, for me and myself is like Snake. I always just tease him all the time. He's a cool cat, and I always mess with him. And he's always, uh, I always have a great deal of respect for him. He's definitely one of my heroes. And then on Don Schumacher's side, from Caps and myself coming from DSR, Don, like you know, one thing me and Caps was in the back of that pickup truck. Man, we were just thinking about Don Schumacher not being there, and like saying, you know, if it wasn't for Don, we wouldn't be where we're at. Caps, you know that, right? He goes, yeah, yeah. I go, 
Think about what Schumacher has done for both of us, how we able to see all the stuff that he's done for us and pushed us along the way. And he pushed us in areas where we needed to be pushed at, you know what I mean? And, uh, and from the business side to the racing side, and we have a lot to be uh, thankful for, man. And, and also Perdome for what he's done. And for me, my hero was Bernstein. And it was so cool for me, Joe, that people don't get to see this on TV or whatever it is. Like I wish Kenny a, a happy birthday, you know, cause his birthday was over the weekend. That was a birthday present for him. And I said, Kenny would never quit. And uh, Kenny literally texted me back and said, you did a great job to you and the team. Truly honored. Thank you for wishing me happy birthday. And this is what our sport is all about, man. When you've got people like that, like, if I ever, if you took me 10 years from now before here, before I raised top fuel and say, Hey, Kenny Burns is going to be calling me from time to time. He's going to come warm my car up and you're going to be a top fuel owner one day and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whatever, like what dream are you living? And uh, I'm living that dream right now. And to back to back us national champions and to do it on the stage that we've done it. And then caps and myself to go out on the limb and take a chance with our race teams in a time where there's no certainty, right. you know what I mean? But the coolest part is we help bring some more certainty to our sport and you can see our sport taking off. And I see NHRA drag racing within the next couple of years is, is going to go some, into some remarkable places when some things start happening that I hear that's happening. So, so that, that's, that's what makes us feel really special and that we're doing it at the right time and that we've been very blessed with the people that's been in our lives that help us get us to where we're at for me from like Troy Vincent to Daryl Gwynn to Jerry Gwynn to working with Mark Pizer with me working with Dave Schultz. I've worked with all these heroes and these legends of the sport. Then going from there and then teaming up and doing all the stuff with Schumacher for all these years and learning on how he had this, this empire and the stuff that he created with his mind through his work ethic. You know what I mean? And then being able to bump elbows with people like Ron Caps, like, you know, Jack Beckman, Tony Schumacher, who's won all those championships with Alan Johnson and then uh, teaming up with Brian Karate, Mark Oswald, who, and Brad Mason, who's been the glue, like all those guys together, they've been the glue of AB Motorsports in my whole career. And Lee Beard giving me a chance with David Powers. You think about all the people that's been here, man. It's like, and I've been a part of, that Ron's been a part of. It's been totally amazing. We're truly blessed. But we will be not doing the sport any justice if we didn't do what we did by going out on our own. At yeah, all. no, I agree. And you're paying it forward already. The announcement that we had uh, a week ago with Angel and your plan for AB Motorsports Accelerate to bring in new people, paying it forward. Um, speaking of paying it forward, let's bring in a first time U.S. Nationals winner. <laughs> Right. He broke through. This is a career defining win for him. You remember your first Indy. I don't think you sprayed anybody in the eye, though, uh, as we ring in Hartford. <laughs> Joe. Hi, Antron. Hi, Joe. Joe. So we got to talk about something. Listen, why did you why did you do me this way? You, why? you, you, you I, want me to come in and try to follow up Antron. <laughs> Thanks, pal. I mean, I finally get on here, and then he's on here. I mean, and look at this. Now, 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 we're going to have nothing compared to him. That's not true. That's, That's not, not true, Matt. That's not true. You got the juice, man. And, and and you're new, Matt. You're new. Like, you're not new at winning. You've won seven times before the U.S. Nationals, haven't you? Yeah, this is the U.S. Nationals was my seventh. Yeah. Your seventh, right? So and you won six times. 
an NHRA pro stock, NHRA pro stock. So the craziest part of it is like when you, when we all look, I'm just let you know, Matt, from now on, because you've been winning some races, you've been winning a lot of races. When you look at other people and you tell them, Hey man, I'm going to spray the crowd. You got to <laughs> stick with that, man. You got to spray the crowd, man. Okay. When you put that thumb over the bottle and I saw you hold it off to the side, I said, this joker's about to get me. He's about to get me. And he said, yeah, I'm not Antron. I'm like, Oh, you dirty rascal. I said, you dirty rascal. I said, this comes from them rookies that haven't won a lot yet. <laughs> yeah, and, and and let me tell you, it will happen again. <laughs> Join me on that stage, and, and I'll make sure we get both eyes, not just one of them. Uh, well, I'm wearing some sunglasses next time. I saw your trick. You had the glasses on, so I should have knew it you all. You the wraparounds, too. Yep. I'm coming for you next time. I'm coming for you, man. I'm coming for. I'm just letting you know. I might even have an extra bottle on the side that you don't even know about. Ah. <laughs> so yesterday, and and you know, obviously everybody knows who Jerry Haas is. You know, the world class chassis builder that he is. He's also my truck driver. He's uh, been so generous, and he's drove our truck for the last few years. And and now he's also he's become my laundry man. So. <laughs> I had what? to take my I had to take my fire suit to get clean, and he's like, you know, your fire suit really stunk like champagne. I'm like, yeah, and I said, I hope we can do that six more times this year. He goes, I'll take them all six times. Don't you worry. So he he was laughing at just how sticky and nasty it smelled. So I'm sure yours was the same way. It was. I, I literally just got done washing because I don't have a truck driver that washes my laundry. I have who is who is also a legendary chassis builder who has won like the last X amount of U.S. nationals in pro stock. All the ones that Erica didn't win, pretty much. Right. Yeah. So that it, it was. Drives his truck. I, I would apologize, but I'm not going to. <laughs> so hey. Antron, I know you know Michael Heiner. He's been out there saying congratulations, but he also says just a word of advice. He says, don't trust Hartford, Antron. Don't trust the Hartford. I got it already. I got it. I got it. That's what he says. So I got it. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was Indy. You know, it, it, it was Indy. It was, uh, you know, a moment for me that I'd never experienced. I've been a runner up there before. But to to get through four rounds, you know, to, to take a yellow hat, turn it into a blue hat, I didn't really care once I got on that stage. That that bottle was getting emptied, and it was getting emptied on anybody who was in the path of, of the opening of it, and and a couple sips for anybody that wanted it as well. So it's uh, it's you, you you've been fortunate to win there before. I hadn't been. It was a it was a dream come true for sure. It's a life changer, really. It's it yeah. changes your first name. It changes the way you're. You know, you'd won one race, and now you've won multiple races in a season. You kind of broke through that little uh, weird thing, but getting ready for the countdown. But um, you ran Erica. You ran a lot, but but the the final round though, you kind of gave everybody a heart attack. Antron, were you up on what was happening in pro stock, or is that a little too far out in front? That was out front in front because we just barely made it up there. <laughs> yeah, right. You guys. I heard him. I heard. I, I had the radio playing on the tow vehicle coming up there, and uh, we were in there getting dressed and getting ready. And then, uh, but the thing about it is, when I when I saw everything that was happening, and I saw what they ran in the semifinals, I had a, I had a feeling that it was Matt's day. I, I knew it was his day because you could just tell through round from round on how people go through the rounds, and uh, he was locked in, brother. He was locked in until the final round burnout, though. What'd you do in a burnout, Matt? What did, what happened? 
So, so you know, you, you raced pro stock bike back in the day. Yes. Let's just say hypothetically with your bike, you roll into the water and, and maybe there's not as much water as you need to be. And let's just say maybe you rolled too far and your tire's completely dry and you go oh. out and it just boom, and just basically hooked. tries to shoot. Yeah, it just hooks. So I tried it again and it basically shut the motor off. So they pushed me back into the water. I refired it. The manifold was full of fuel. So... It, it wouldn't idle clean. It was idling at about, I don't know, about 9,000, I think. No, it was idling at about 4,000. And I rolled up and did a burnout and no issue then. You know, my only concern was is that obviously I had a feeling the starter was going to try to tell me to shorten up my burnout. It was indie. It was the final round. Yeah, I was going through my normal routine. But we're, we're fast at our burnout. We back up fast. We stage, you know, we, we roll up quick. So I don't really think I held up um uh quadra you know maybe an extra 10 seconds and i had certain first thing i did was apologize to him at the other end of the track that i did hold him up a little bit but um i think it gave everybody a scare when i muffed the burnout car's not running and they're pushing me back into the water and quadra's already doing his burnout so um, for me my crew chief came on the radio he said matt that play is over focus move on and that was the end of it that's how it goes. That's 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 the making of a champ right there when you can block it all out. That's that's the hardest part that people never understand is that the ones that are good is no matter what comes their way, whatever happened, you got to leave that alone and focus on the next thing in front of you and not worry about it. Yeah. Don't let the emotions get to you. So Matt that applies doing, in any sport. Matt's been doing more interviews this week than he's done ever. I've seen him on, heard him on every show that has been out there. He referenced something. I'm going to see if I can get him to talk about it, Antron. You got to help me out here because it, it ties into everything. It ties into everything. All right. So, you know, I heard Matt and you have referenced that you got a little bit of a, a, a pep talk, a, a talking to, I don't know how you want to characterize it after Brainerd about, you know, Getting your mind right, keeping your mind right, right? And a uh, well-known person in the industry who has also had some success at the U.S. National. And that person told me, like, a man, maybe I even overstepped my boundaries by saying such things, you know? But he's got to know. And he even referenced a conversation that happened about you uh, with the snake to tie it all together. And the commentary that was delivered to me was this. It's different when you're the hunter than when you're the hunted. That was a snake comment. Now, Antron, you you understand that? You've been that. Matt, like, is that all coming together for you? And what can you share about that pep talk that clearly had some positive effect? Yeah, we, we, we really have had one of the best cars for most of the season. And haven't capitalized on it very well because I've, I've, I've did a poor job of driving more often than, than not. And so Topeka really made a bad mistake in the second round against Derek. You know, I just, I felt bad for Heiner, you know, really wanted to, you know, let him have that round win, but you know, then get to Brainerd and it goes right back to, we had, you know, Greg qualified number one, we qualified number two by a foul. We had the two best cars. We both roll up their second round. Greg goes out, loses by five foul. Uh, Aaron Stanfield, I had to run in the second round, who I had covered by, let's just call it three hundreds. And he roped me into a staging battle. And 
and it got me it got me off my game. You know, we were we sat there for a long time. The engine started to get warm, started to surge really bad, wasn't clean. I tuned the engine, so now I'm concerned with, you know, wow, I didn't have a fuel map for when the water temp gets this high. What was I thinking? And I started thinking and quit reacting. And I and so by the time I went in, uh, which I don't know what the time was, but it was a long time. You know, I went 50 something on the tree. He went 30 something on the tree, and I outran him by two, and I lost by five thousand. And he he goaded me into it, and 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 rightfully so. I'm not I'm not upset at him at all. He did exactly what he needed to do. He needed to find an advantage over us, and 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 he did a great job of doing it. And as I'm driving back to Minneapolis, you know, I'm pretty uh pretty distraught to say the least. Uh, Mr. Mr. Galvin uh. Uh, he did. He called me and he spent a good solid hour and a half, um, including as I walked through security and had to hang up on him and then call him back. We spent a good hour and a half where I would say I said of 90 minutes, I talked for five. So he just brought me back to earth on everything that had happened from way back in the 70s when he raced, talked about snake you know, talked about, you know, the mongoose talked about being the hunted versus, you know, the hunter and, and, you know, something that it really rang a bell to me. And it was like, when you have the dominant car and you need to just refocus on what you're doing, forget about who's in the other lane, forget about all the noise, forget about the distractions, go up there and make a qualifying run every time, allow allow your faith in your team to come through. I, you know, I have a hundred percent faith in Eddie and KI and Adam and Amber. I know they're going to have the car set up, you know, to go to the front. If I do my job, if I just leave with the other driver, we're going to win the round. And I had really lost sight of that, I think, because I've always been the guy that's been three or four hundreds behind. And how can I play a game with this guy? Or how can I, you know, get this, this person off their game? But when you have a fast car, I don't think you need to do that. And that's what Pat really, it, it was a great conversation. And, and he told me with no uncertainty on Monday or Tuesday before we went to Indy, he says, look, I just got off the phone with Snake. He says, um, he said that you're the, car to, you're the car to beat at Indy. And I agree with him. So go win Indy. How about that? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That like that, those are the stories first of all, that you get on WFO radio, but those are the stories that are happening, like just under the surface Antron that like, you know, how do you, how do you put that out there? But that make things happen. And then you guys get to all share the winner circle, Matt, like that's incredible. Yeah. That was uh th- there was no doubt about it. That's when, when caps won, I went over to him. I said, well, that's going to make Galvin happy. And then, uh, <laughs> and then when you won, I, I said the same thing. And it was like, you know, he, I think he had uh, him and Trevor were, were up there and, and, and so was Jason. They were on all the pictures with us. Um, you know, they came up, they had, you know, they all had their, well, you know, Pat and Trevor had their Getrick shirts on. So that was, that was cool. And, you know, they've been, Steve Bryson and Scott Bryson have been really influential on our program over this last year. You know, I've known them for a long time and they've stepped up to help us this year, which has really been it's been a game changer for us. We've, you know, we've been able to advance in a couple areas that we weren't able to in the past. And, um, you know, and then just his, I, I probably talked to him, if not every day, five times a week, he's really good at just the, I think the, I think he's going to start charging me for therapy. 
I'm yeah. pretty sure that's <laughs> You guys are kind of Getrix teammates, right? Like, I mean, that's kind of a, you're both yeah. under the Getrix uh, deal with uh, uh, the stuff you got going on Antron and, and Steve Bryson's been there and, and they jumped on board with Matt. And so in a way, this is like a quasi uh, teammate meeting. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Well, they're just good people, Steve Bryson and, uh, and talking with him all the time. And he, he loves racing. He's in every different type of racing. And, uh, and now he's, he's starting to slowly trickle back into the drag racing world. Like he's never left. He's always had a presence here, but he's been overseas doing a lot of different stuff, you know, overseas and stuff like that. And, uh, in, into the road racing arena. So, uh, so he, he loves that too. And, uh, but the coolest part is, is that when you have Pat Galvin coming around and Trevor and all the Good Trucks crew and Steve, he's getting his uh, he's getting his knee better right now. He had yeah. knee replacement surgery, so he's getting that stuff all tidied up and getting it all back together. So that's why we didn't get to see him at the U.S. Nationals a whole bunch. And uh, but the coolest part is, is that when you have them in your corner, they're always there for you. They know everything that you're going through. They know what's happening. And they're always there to help you be the best version of yourself. You know what I mean? And that and that's the thing about with all the partners that we have, like for Matco, for me and and Toyota, Lucas, uh, Hanks, first, all those great people, Summit Racing, all those great people help with all that stuff, man. And when you get uh, arsenal of them behind you, whatever you need, you you got somebody to rely on, lean on. And uh, and that that's the cool part about Pat. I know Matt knows that for sure. Cause he'll give you, he'll, he'll give it to you when you need it. Trust me. He'll mess with you when you need it. But then when things get rough, he goes, Hey man, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Keep your head up. And Trevor's just always happy. Go lucky. And yeah. Steve, he just brings the faith, man. You got to have faith. He just, t- he just tells you it's just this attitude, just always up and up, man. It's a guy that's always got his glass half full, not half empty. So that that's very important, man. And, uh, but it was fun seeing him because he came over our pit, Matt, like you know how Pat normally does, and goes, hey, he's come to say hello. But you ain't around. You're a little busy over here, busy over there. They think you have time for me no more. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, that, that's, so, that's normal. And, I, and honestly, I didn't see him on Sunday. He came over or Monday. He came over Monday morning early and basically wished me good luck. And I never seen him until literally the winter circle. That was the last yep. time I seen him. Um, now I know, I know from my crew, he was on the line every single time, but he just stayed back and, and, and just observed. And, um, we haven't really had a good debrief yet, but, um, there's been a lot of texts back and forth, but I'm sure this weekend we'll have a nice little debrief and, uh, <laughs> and he doesn't like attention either. And so he's probably angry at me for bringing this all up, but I think it's a very important sub story, like just underground as to why things happen uh antron we're gonna let you go i know you're busy you spent 40 minutes with us and i always appreciate that but give me your reading preview hartford you stick around i got a couple more questions for you but here we go house of chaos maple grove raceway set the tone for the countdown to the championship next weekend yeah it's, it's, it's going to be on and the way the weather looks the way it's trending over there it looks oh. like it's going to be it looks like it's going to be like mid to high 70s maybe low 80s at the hottest and we're at sea level, a lot of oxygen, a lot of trees, all the normal aspirated racers love it. They're going to love it. And we're going to love it because uh, the track should be really good and we're going to make power a lot easier. And you're going to see a lot of fast, super fast side-by-side runs and the chaos family, the Koretsky family, 
they do a really good job with that facility since they took it over. They've been doing a lot of upgrades, pumping it up, and we've been helping with it. And for me, that's my hometown track. I'm a Jersey boy, so we don't have English Town no more. So that is my hometown track. That's literally like literally 45 miles from where I grew up at. So I look forward to going back there. My uncle's going to be there racing a top dragster. Nice. He's going to be out there on the sportsman side. And uh, we're going to see what we can make happen, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting out there and just getting it on, man. And that's Hanksifer's hometown, one of my sponsors, Hanksifer's and Streamlight, flashlight company. So we have, we're going to have a lot of guests from them out there, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. But our main focus is, is going in and going off this momentum from this U.S. national, and hopefully we can uh, parlay that and keep on qualified better for sure. Yeah, That's the game plan. And then take it one round at a time, Joe. That's the game plan, brother. Well, you're starting a lot higher than you did last year, and last year you finished second. So if that's a harbinger of things to come, it's going to be a very exciting countdown. I don't think there's really a favorite. You could say Justin is because of his wins on the season, but everybody's bringing out new stuff. New season starts next weekend. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Good luck, Antron. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joe. Congratulations. Take care. You too, buddy. Goes Antron Brown with us here on WFO Radio, and now it's just me and Hartford. All right, yeah, I was very Jason Galvin's bugging me on my phone right now. While we're doing the show, Jason Galvin, come on, yes, you know how he is. You want to hear something that that guy did? First of all, he went to the fourth round at the U.S. Nationals and Super Comp, and that deserves great credit. Uh, you notice now that Antron's like, I can, he's like the the Antron Brown, the multi time world champion. Like, now I can loosen up, but Jason Galvin invites me to be on his podcast. Did you know that? I didn't know he had one. Well, he does have a podcast, except oh. then he doesn't post it. He did like I do the work and then he didn't post it. He didn't get on the air until like days, days later. So everyone, you can go back and hear last last week's pre-US Nationals hype on that. But um all right, Hartford, you want indie, man. You yeah. just got to hang out with Antron Brown, that very reflective deep thought about Pat Galvin's <sighs> speech to you. You want indie. What's right there. The, What's the haps, man? Like, what is this? How does this feel? All of it. Man, it's a it, it's a feeling like I don't know. I don't know how to describe it because I never. Yeah, there there you go. It's uh. There's Jason Gallagher. It's the biggest race of the year. There's only one thing bigger than winning Indy, I think, and that's winning the championship. You know, I don't know. I think you've seen some of the in-car camera in the final round, man. I was. I, I was over the top going after the shoots came out. And then I seen all the video of all, of everything with my crew on the starting line from the time I swapped feet all the way down. They were <laughs> they were going nuts. And, and and I think my wife was leading that charge of the excitement on the starting line. Um, it, it's a feeling like no other. It really hasn't set in. And, right. Well, you're. I say it all the time, and and Jason Logan always says I'm the king of hyperbole, right? I like I make it bigger, as big as it is possible. But your life, in many ways, your drag racing, racing life, you're uh, you're very good because you keep them separate, and you have a lot of good things going on other than drag racing. But your drag racing life just changed totally. Like two days ago or four days ago, you were the guy who won some races in pro stock and had a nice little streak of winning one race a year, and you're in the mix. And now you're U.S. Nationals winner Matt Hartford. Yeah, which is it's just a totally different deal you get a key to the uh, executive washroom now yeah there's a they can never take that away that is a grueling race and and there's been a lot of people you know there's been a lot of people win indy and everybody knows the struggles of winning a round let alone winning a race let alone winning a five qualifying 
you know, nine round total race. It's uh, but to go there, you know, and I go back to my crew, the, the, the car that they prepared for nine runs, we were low for this session, I think six or seven times out of the nine and two of them for sure were we were testing we had something you know on the car that a setup that we know shouldn't go low for the round and we still went third for the round that uh that, that says a lot about eddie and, and and chris and adam and and like i said you know without my wife's support I, I couldn't do this so i'm lucky to be the 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 nut behind the wheel and you know, I was fortunate enough to uh, stand on stage and make sure Anfron needed to dry clean his fire suit. Yeah, he did not sound like he was happy. He sounded like there was a slight, legit, uh, you know, discomfort there. You got it in his eye, man. He needs that. I, I don't really care. Well, I mean, he basically, you know, he should have better sunglasses and he should probably be a little more prepared. I'm, See, I'm not it's because. Total Steel has Formula One customers and they know how to do the champagne and they always spray each other. Nobody right. sprays the crowd, the reporters, the media, because no offense, nobody cares about those people, us, me, like those people. It's about the drivers, man, in Formula One. You spray each other. Didn't break his Wally. I mean, his Wally was still sitting there just yeah, fine. So so. I feel like you did it right. And I am always disappointed that the drivers collude to spray everyone but each other. Glad you sprayed Antron. Yeah. So when he said, We're not, let's just make a pact. We're not spraying each other. Everybody kind of nodded their head. And then the words that came out of my mouth, I can't use on, on TV or on your show, but it was something like, Blanket, this is indie. I don't care. <laughs> and yeah. it was, uh, um, it was good. Um, so don't make an alliance on Survivor with Matt Hartford because he will break the alliance. Yeah. No, it was, uh, look, to, to go, you know, the whole, the whole deal of Monday changed after the first pair. Our entire game plan for, for Monday, basically go back and, and redraw up what we're thinking to the point that during the cleanup, we even wrote, we even turned around, went back to the pits and made changes on the car, um, knowing that we were now gonna have to go into the right lane and, and E1. We had no intention of rolling up there to be in the right lane. And after we're looking at the track and, you know, they, they didn't use any lacquer thinner on the oil. They just started use oil dry on it. And, and we were convinced that the oil was going to still be in the track today. Even, um, you weren't getting that gear oil out, not and get it, not and get it back to the way the left lane should have been had that not happened. So, like I said, we rolled back to the pits, made some changes. Eddie made some changes, got back up there and said, okay, we're in the right lane. And, and even second round, we rolled up in the left lane, hoping that it was going to be better. And, um, you know, your cohort in crime there, Alan Reinhardt, you know, I guess, it, you know, Eddie told me that he's up in the announcer booth saying he didn't understand what we were doing. We were Dallas ran in front of us and went 63 against the 64 out of the right lane. He says, Matt's taking the slower lane. Well, I, I don't think it was the slower lane. I think it was the correct lane we were taking. Um, you gotta have faith in your crew chief. And he walks up there and he looks at it and he says, you know something, this lane, there's parts of it that are really good. There's parts of it that it's going to be a struggle to get through. Now, Heiner got through it. I mean, Derek went right down through and made a really nice run, but, uh, he said, we're set up for the right lane. We're, we're going to move over to the right lane. And, and honestly, 
after that, I, we got back to the pits and I said, so what are you thinking? He goes, we're not coming out of that lane now. We're, we are in the right. Our setup is based around that lane. I don't care what happens. We're not leaving it. Right. So. Okay. So to, and not to spend any time defending Alan Reinhardt, but I really think, cause I listened to all of that and I was, um, people who watched the show yesterday, I was very aggravated by that mistake and it was terrible. Like I saw Erica go like this and like, Oh my God. And I'm like, what is it? And I see the cap on the ground and I know nobody does that on purpose and it's a horrible, egregious mistake and it's terrible. And that person probably feels super guilty and I, I not personal, but it definitely changed the whole outcome of the race and pro stock. Like it changed the whole outcome of, of you had to uh, go into a triage situation and switch up thing. You went back to the pits, et cetera, and so on. Eddie looked like he was, hmm. you know, dealing with a lot, making those decisions. I think Alan was just trying to convey to the fans like, Hey guys, the whole race isn't ruined. Yeah. You know, it's not ruined right. guys. Like we can still have a decent race here. Don't worry. The whole U S nationals isn't ruined because of this thing. And I, I think he was trying to convey that story to the, yeah, fans. no disrespect to what he was saying at all. All that did was take, it made you, it made lane choice more important, but less important if that makes sense, because had Indy been Indy, and the sun being out, had the clouds stayed a little bit more away and the sun on the track, the left lane was going to be two hundredths better than the right lane all day. So by that happening, now you you kind of even the lanes. The right lane certainly wasn't as good as what the left lane was through the you know the previous days. But now the left lane had a lot of issues, too. So you had two completely different lanes with different characteristics. Choose your battle. Which which one? what do you want to try to navigate do you want to try to navigate a lane that's maybe a little thicker a little greasier or do you want to navigate a lane that's got gear oil soaked into it and you got to try to get the car you know if you can get it to leave you got to be able to get it in the second gear and the and the left lane drags you left really hard so you got to set your car up pointed right and one way or the other you're going to get one of those wheels one of the tires into where the gear oil was at some point and and i think and, and I feel bad for him and I don't really ever feel bad for other racers because we're all up there to win. But I think Greg not qualifying well had the, had the, he was the biggest loser out of all of it because he was only like the next, like the second car down that had to go down afterwards. And he was in that lane. And I mean, it just, it wasn't happy. I mean, he, you know, he was in that mess and I think you would have seen a lot more closer races. Some of them earlier pairs had that not happened. Yeah. But it's part of your U.S. Nationals victory story, and you just don't know, like, why things happen in the cosmos. And so it, it is what it is. You won Indy. We will have a new total seal behind pro stock, behind the scenes uh, video dropping in the next couple of weeks. We did that. We had some tech talks. We had a bunch of stuff going on that wasn't necessarily uh you know we didn't know you were going to win but it was all uh, it was all good in fact we did a hidden horsepower preview which is very cool for people to go back and listen to how what, what was this guy thinking about before you went in and you got the job done at the u.s nationals let's now turn our attention to maple grove are you do you know how to be the hunter i think indy proved it i mean we went in there our goal i think i said it last week our goal was to go into to Indy and be top of the sheet Friday night. And then our goal was to turn on four wind lights on, on Monday. Uh, look, <laughs> Mason McGahey 
took a play out of my playbook that I've used many times against people when I've been way behind. You know, after I was pre-staged, he sat there for a good 30 seconds, maybe longer before he even pre-staged. And all of his crew guys, you know, I asked, you know, I asked a couple of people that were on the line. I'm like, was he just, was Pete still setting his wheelie bars or what was going on? And they're like, no, no, he was, everybody was back. He just was, you know, taking his good old time to pre-stage. And, you know, so he slow played a, a ton with me, which if I didn't get baited into it, as soon as he went in and pre-stage, I, you know, got my brake pressure on. I went right in second round, you know, Camry decided she wanted to essentially double bald me, um, you know, trying to, trying to get me to take some sort of bait, you know, as, as I'm just turning on my pre-stage bulb, her second bulb comes on. Don't know if they were talking about it on the radio or, you know, I know she likes to go in first, but that was definitely trying to get me off my game. Third round, the round that you would think something would happen. Um, look, I had a better car than Erica. We were, you know, that the round before we were only a thou difference, but overall for the weekend, I, I think I'd had consistently a little bit better car than hers. So I was like, if we can leave together, I'm going to outrun her. And there was, we both pre-staged it about the same time. We both staged it about the same time. I don't know who went in first on either ball, but I know there, if you go back, I guess if I go back and watch the video, there's not a lot of, no one's trying to mess with each other. And then in, in the finals, uh, you know, Fernando, Fernando and I went in, you know, there was no games there. So I, I've realized don't, don't let that noise distract me. And that, that comes from a lot of, a lot of conversations with my team and a lot of conversations with my chassis builder and definitely a lot of conversations with Mr. Galvin. And so do I know how to be the hunter? I think Indy proved that we can focus on the job at hand and not let the noise bother us. You said after Norwalk years ago on, on the mic somewhere, like she's got me by five hundredths of a second. What am I supposed to do? Just mm -hmm. go up there and lose? And I, that made a lot of sense to me at the time when you were 500 behind. Now other teams are behind you. Makes sense that they would be thinking the same way. And yeah. uh, there's no harm in that. That's that's part of drag racing. All right. But I know you're busy. You got to go. Got to let you go. But you gave the medallion to KI. Eddie gave a wonderful interview on the starting line. Unfortunately, I had to wrap him up because we were thrown down to the top end. But he said, you know, they say I never smile. They say I never smile, but I'm smiling now. Like he had a whole thing. I can't wait to go back. Adam, your brother, who tricked me into doing multiple sets of uh, mounting tires. That's okay, though. Just um, to be able to deliver those, like for those guys. Yeah, that 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 was huge. I mean, they they work so hard, and you know, as I've said a million times, and I just want to make sure it's clear that all these teams work extremely hard out there. There's no doubt. I mean, every team that you race against, every person on the crew works extremely hard. The difference between our crew and most of the crews, I'm here today working at Total Seal. You know, Chris is working at CIP One. Adam and Eddie are working on the houses that they build. Uh, you know, our, our day job isn't working on a race car um, where that doesn't take, you know, I don't, I don't want to diminish what anybody else does. You know, I know the guys, everybody at KB is busting their butts right now, and I'm sure everybody at Elite is doing the same thing. But their focus is the race car and the engines and the hauler and everything else. None of us are in a position to be able to do that. So for, you know, for us to be able to come out there and run at the level we're running right now, it, uh, it, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to, you know, my entire family there, all our sponsors. Um, 
you know, and all the media that's really supported us. Great stuff. All right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to lift this audio and I'm just going to put it out on Hidden Horsepower as well. So if there's anyone in the Total Seal world you need to thank, you should do that right now. But um, pretty amazing and get to start again because now it's championship time, right? The biggest single race is in the rearview mirror. You won it. The six biggest races together with that white hat at the end at In-N-Out Burger Drag Strip at the In-N-Out Burger Finals, that's six races away. And it's never been closer. So uh, just give me a final thought. No, it's, uh, and like you said, you know, I'm here at Total Seal today and, and, you know, we got just about 60 people who all, you know, who all really care about what they do. They're all really passionate about making sure that we put out the best product every day. And, and, you know, without all the support of every, each and every employee here at Total Seal, there's no way I could do this, you know, really happy to see that, you know, we had the total seal colors on the car this weekend at Indy, you know, that's a, you know, that's going to be a, a, a picture that's on the wall forever that the total seal car won Indy. And, you know, the reason we can do it is, is because of our total seal family, everybody here supports it. Everybody believes in it, you know, and everybody's happy when they can turn on the TV and see, you know, race cars, whether it's our race car or a car that's, you know, at Monaco going around, they know that they have something to do with why that car is winning. And there's a lot of pride and everybody here is, uh, is really passionate about making that happen. Well, there you go. Congratulations, Matt. Appreciate it. And yeah, uh, also there's a WFO sticker right under your number. And I appreciate that too. And I thought, uh, yes, but a little slightly less visible than the one on the car, but I appreciate it because now like I'll be in the archive now. Like the WFO exists. It's in the archive. Like 50 years from now, they'll be looking back at the national dragster photos and they can't, I mean, they guess they could crop it out, but thank you for that. Yeah. Anytime. And like, and like I said, it's uh, you know, we, we appreciate what you do. You know, we appreciate what, you know, all the different media outlets have, have done. You know, there's been a lot of media this week. Um, but most important, you know, when you get to these events, you know, hats off to all these NHRA guys. We went three races in a row that whether, you know, whether you're the announcer, whether you're the safety safari, you know, whether, you know, you're, you're there in the concession stands, all of these people that come out and work at the track to keep, keep the show going on and keep us drivers safe have had to deal with almost a hundred degree weather at, you know, anywhere between 40 and 70% humidity for three grueling races in a row. And when, you know, when Antron says it's going to be in the seventies and eighties in Reading, that's going to be like Arctic weather for all of us. So, but hats off to all the, to everybody, you know, at NHRA for all they do for us. Excellent. All right, Matt, I'll let you get back to work. I know you got to, got to go back to the shipping, right? Shipping and receiving, you do shipping, man, my shipping manager on Tuesday, I get off the plane. I come here. I'm, I'm dead ass tired. Cause I'd only got three hours of sleep. Shipping manager is on vacation. My shipping backup shipping clerk, she had called in sick, which, you know, it happens to everybody. My VP of operations was on vacation. They're the only three in the building that understand how shipping works here, except for myself. So I, I went back and, and I literally was in my office for about 15 seconds. I set the Wally down on my desk. I walked back and I, uh, took over my role as shipper for the day. And I joked to somebody, I finally got upgraded from janitor to shipping. So it was good. 
Time to make the donuts, man. You know, got to get back out there. Racers want to race. They need their rings. All right, right. Matt, back to work. See you in a few weeks. Maple Grove, Eddie's home track, House of Chaos. It's going to be tough. We start again. Good luck. Thanks. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Joe. There he goes, Matt Hartford, U.S. Nationals winner on WFO Radio. How cool is that? Him and Antron, too. And, the you know, Pat, if you're out there, that's your story. I got that's the story of the race. That's the story of the race. That uh, all that happened. And, you know, when it happened out there in Brainerd, the burn down with Aaron Stanfield, it, it, it did feel like out of place. And um, the timing was right, though. And I, I say it all the time. You, who knows what's good or bad in the moment? In the moment, that was bad. But that spawned a conversation that turned out to be very good. And by the way, having a very fast race car is very important, too. Like none of this happens without having a very fast race car. So put your comments in the comment section and I will address them. We've got Ron Caps tomorrow at noon. I need everybody to share the show. You know, we come on on these weird days. It's not a scheduled day. We're jumping on the air whenever we want because it's WFO. But the algorithms, they're fighting against us. They're fighting against us. In this show, we started off slow and then we built up and it was great. And I appreciate everybody that's audio only on the podcast. But we got Ron Caps and Matt Smith tomorrow, 12 noon. Same deal. Ron Caps, Matt Smith. We're going to talk about the snake scheme. We're going to talk about Matt Smith. Uh, going out there. Can he win his seventh world championship? All that. I will be back with your thoughts and your comments and answer any questions you might have to the best of my ability after this. The number one source of friction in your engine is not what you think. Piston rings rubbing against the cylinder walls generate more friction than any other part of the engine. More friction and temperature means more wear and less horsepower. Fortunately, the team at Total Seal knows how to reduce friction and wear through innovative piston ring design. If it takes a piston, Total Seal can build a better ring. Now, right from one weekend to the next, that's the world of NHRA drag racing. You can just change your life. Uh, you know, you think about IndyCar winners, the Indy 500 changes your life. The Daytona 500, it changes your life. The U.S. Nationals, it really should change your life certainly within our world just what do we mean does it make you a better person no it doesn't it gives you more attention makes everybody who's got a show want to have you on that show and pepper you with hundreds of questions and it probably will make racing tougher too right like the bullseye that goes on your back like man that person won the u.s nationals whoever they happen to be uh before we get into your comments i see him stacking up there i do want to mention the people who make it possible for me to go WFO. Got some very interesting things brewing out there in the world. I want to thank, say thanks to the folks at Racing Junk, who are a uh, kind of a marketing media partner. Uh, they are on our website. Go to classified section if you want to find Racing Junk. You know, as Project Pontiac has been ramping up, Project Pontiac, right, which is this car, and it is the car that my dad brought brand new in 1978 drove me to kindergarten turned it into a bracket car and now we're going to turn it into an nhra super street car and there's a lot of people stepping up to help out and so we're going to chronicle the whole thing from this point to whenever i can stage up in a super in a super street race and see how it goes if I could pull me a Jason Galvin and go a couple of rounds, I would be thrilled. That kid did well out there, and I would be thrilled. 
but how will it go? Can you do it? What do you need to do? What does it take? Follow along, uh, putting out the hashtag Project Pontiac, but you watch WFO, you'll never miss one. Like, for instance, we've got a broken trailer. we got to fix our trailer. So we are reaching out. And Mike Scott from Right Trailers, he's going to get our trailer in a couple of weeks. I brought it to a guy in Miami. He said, I don't want to touch that thing, man. That's not the kind of trailers I do. So it's amazing just the different things that are happening. Uh, WFO Swag is for sale in our store in the merch shop on the mobile app. You can get right to it. Winter is coming, so you definitely want to get yourself a hoodie or a classic Miami Hollywood Speedway shirt or whatever. They go on sale like every other week. Every other week, there's a sale in the store. And I'm not telling you to not buy it when it's not on sale. But if you exercise a little bit of patience, you'll get it on sale. Shout out to our friends, Matt Clark, Torque Calibration Services of Australia, for our Australian race fans and racers and everybody that listens to WFO down there. Like this guy is in the torque calibration business, goes to race teams, make sure there's torque wrenches are absolutely correct. So if you are in that industry, if that's your business, Torque Calibration Services of Australia, um, they are very helpful to WFO. And even though they are genuinely a world away, they wanted to be involved with our U.S. Nationals coverage. And uh, thank you, Matt, for supporting us. And anybody down under, obviously, you see that logo, torquecalibrationservices.com.au uh, to see what they've got going on. Marvin Rodak, rodakscoffeeandgrills.com. Marvin Rodak has been a long time, maybe the longest sponsor. He and uh, Lana Hawley came on at the same time, maybe even in the same week, supporting WFO Radio when we were, very, we were at the very beginning. The only drag racing-themed podcast out there and uh, blazing a trail if you will. And we are still alive, still here. Just order some coffee, folks. It's as simple as that. Just order some coffee. Rodaxcoffeeandgrills.com, 817-924-6821. You order the coffee because I told you to. Just order the coffee, man. And the rest will happen naturally because you'll realize it's so much better. Oh, man, this is so much better than the stuff that I buy. Plus, they got hot sauces and spice rubs and everything good. Grills, tools, tips, information, recipes up there on the website. Marvin reached out originally because we were talking about bacon, because bacon brings the world together. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, where you can drive a dragster. Drive a dragster. Costs you very little, given what it would normally cost you to have that experience. Like, do you have to buy a helmet and a fire suit and a dragster and rent the track? No, no, and no. You just pay Frank Hawley a nominal fee. I think it'd be a bargain at twice the price. Maybe you want your super comp or super gas license. Maybe you want to go through it like the Colettas recently did. And Luke Fath, way to go, Luke. Go to frankhawley.com. Give him a call. Tell him you heard about it on WFO and inquire. And it's not too early. You know, you go to the Lowe's, you see the Halloween stuff is already out. This is an awesome gift. The person who is the recipient can work it out with them when and where they're going to go. You get them the gift that they're going to go drive a dragster. They'll love you forever. And then there's samtech.edu. This is about your career, your future. So if you're like 70 years old, this I mean, you can go if you want. But qualified machinists, our country needs them. Engine block programs. Cylinder head programs. Motorsport EFI tuning. CNC programming. They do it all at samtech.edu. Call Brian Massengill. Go to the website. Get the number. Call Brian Massengill. Ask for him specifically. Brian, Joe says to call you. I'm interested in going to the school. What do I need to know? They're approved to train veterans under the GI Bill at samtech.edu. And all of our sponsors 
I'm talking about total seal. I'm talking about FTI performance. I'm talking about Bernie's speed shop. I'm talking about Phillips Connect and everybody that has stepped up to support WFO radio over the years. Uh, it's been amazing. The folks at Foggett, if you want to protect the inside of your engine, by all means, you need to look for this logo. I'm seeing it on more and more cars out there, which is good. It means we're doing our job. You should not put your car away at the end of the night. And something else that I just, I want everybody to know, we're building momentum in this thing. This is Elon Werner's deal. The drag race bracket bonanza. A lot of people signed up last week and some texted me that they forgot to play. Well, you got to follow the social media, man, and they'll blast a bunch of reminders your way. But it was super fun, so fun that I move that all of us in drag racing change the term from ladder to bracket so that all of our friends that are not drag racers can understand exactly what we are talking about. The Hear It From Heiner show for Patreons only. We're going to get our U.S. Nationals debrief. They did make a great run in that very tough lane. It's just part of being a member of the WFO universe. and now. If you join, not only if you join for a year, are you going to get a T-shirt and you're going to get some stickers and you're going to get a WFO patch. But now I got one of these to throw in there. The WFO hero cards that I have some extra after the big cruise Pedagon autograph session. But yeah, and thanks to Steve Brenwald, who makes hero cards for people, by the way. If you need your hero card or some artwork, Steve Brenwald, whip this up in like, you know, four hours. You got to help me, man. I need hero cards. They need. And he uh, put this together. And of course, all of our sponsors are on there, too. Thank you so much. All right. I have stalled for you all enough. Let's see what you got to say out there in the WFO universe. And we'll get out of here. But don't forget, we got Ron Caps tomorrow. Going to tie it all together and tie it all together like he was on before. And now he's going to be on afterward. I can feel like this is a good place to start. Michael Heiner was saying congratulations to Hartford and Keith Kaufman says, uh, thanks for supporting Joe, Joe and WFO. We greatly appreciate that. And honestly, I will tell you all that I have had a lot of people reach out to me about getting on board with the show. And um, it's been pretty amazing. And we're going to do it. We're going to keep on growing. And thank goodness for our podcast, the audio only podcast, Apple podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud. People listen. We're audio only people at root ant dog EBJ. Excellent broadcast journalism. Thank you very much. You know, I was in a difficult situation this past weekend when I stumbled upon the Steve Torrance chassis swap story because I'm not really a big breaking news kind of guy. I'm more of a let other people break the news. That way I don't, oh man, I don't want to say like, you know, like reporters in every movie, a reporter is depicted negatively, right? People don't like them because they know they're always sneaking around looking for nuggets and stories to justify their existence. Think about the movie, the natural Roy Hobbs, right? The Robert Duvall character, the reporter, he's always looking for stuff. And I don't, I don't want anybody to view me as that. I really don't. But man, this one was, I felt like a huge story. The number one qualifier going to a backup car. So I was able to put it out and hopefully not uh, damage my relationships as in, no, I didn't, but it's very difficult. Um, Mighty Mac, how much did you sleep in on Tuesday? All the way to 8 a.m., Mighty Mac. Well, no, not Tuesday. Tuesday, I was on my way home, right? So I slept in on Wednesday till 8 a.m. That was the big sleep in. But I went to bed early that night. And now I'm back. 
I'm back, baby. I will be listening. I'll do my mail route. He's a mailman. Great show today, says Monica. Monica, who always does a great job promoting the fact that we are on sale, all our gear. I can't wait to see you in that Pontiac. Man, Project Pontiac. Oh, my gosh. Like, already so many people have stepped up to help us. And it's just a shell of a car. It's in my garage here. Like, there's a whole thing, right? Like, my parents had the trailer at their house. And as is the case, a big empty space is a vacuum for things like their Christmas tree and everything. Well, now that the trailer is off for repairs, their garage is full. And so the race car is over here. And I was looking at it last night. I was just out in the garage, just staring at it myself, just thinking, all right, I just went to the U.S. Nationals and I just saw every beautiful car that there is, like perfection cars, perfection. And... Where does ours stand? How much weight can we cut out of it? What can we do to make this thing better? And the reason we really started Project Pontiac is because we're on the 10-yard line, man. We're like, this thing is close. This is going to be a good car. I'm excited. And if you have anything that you care about, folks, look, here's a little just piece of wisdom. Don't let it fall out of maintenance. Like, don't let it fall into disrepair. A boat an engine, a car, keep up with it. My dad used to always tell me that, you know, Marine Corps drill instructor. He always said, Joe, you got to maintain your stuff. You stay, you don't let it ever fall into disrepair. But, you know, there's a hundred things that happened between when we raced and me moving out of town, just a bunch of stuff. Car fell into disrepair and it it's taking a Herculean effort to get it back, but we're getting it back. We're getting it back. It's going to happen. Project Pontiac, baby. Woo. Let's see. Any idea what the two tracks are? Uh, TBD, All right? TBD. So the schedule is out. First of all, Pickle Rick said yesterday there was only one four-wide track on the schedule. That was just flat incorrect, Pickle Rick. They're they're right there, back to back. Maybe we'll do the schedule tomorrow after Caps and Matt Smith. But I don't know. I don't know the answer. Who are the tracks? I'm happy that Arizona is back. I'm happy about that. Where are we starting the maybe Western Swing? I don't know. Right. But there are tracks out there that are ready to accommodate a national event. And oh, by the way, if another one popped up and it's not TBD, you don't think they would add it to the schedule? Of course they would. So I don't know. Just sit tight. But I was thrilled by the schedule announcement because we were going back to Arizona. And also the Gator Nationals are starting the season. I think we proved that that's how it should be. Sorry, Pomona. But to have two Pomona races so close to one another on the calendar with the very expensive holidays between them and also NASCAR at the Coliseum, not optimal. To have a sold-out, multiple-day race in Florida where teams can spend weeks testing, everybody can come down here, you can have like a, a quasi-winter series in Florida, that's better. It's just better. It's just better. Sometimes tradition has got to go by the wayside because the new idea is just better. And starting at Gainesville is just better. better. Uh, hopefully you guys are hearing the same things I'm hearing about. And the fact that I alluded to it several times on the broadcast on NHRA.TV. Big things happening for Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park, perhaps perhaps ricky smith was coming on about his ridiculous fast nitro car but he will be late i don't know what that is uh but 
good, good for Ricky. Ricky was great. Ricky nominated. I saw it into the International Drag Racing Hall of Fame next year. Way to go, Tricky Ricky. We'll talk to Matt about that tomorrow. Matt Smith coming on. Wins Indy again, back to back. Yeah. Great show as always, Joe. I use a debit card to become a Patreon. Thank you, Stephen. Is that a, can you do that? That's great. All the Patreons, they help out behind the scenes. I try very hard to make sure they feel uh, that they're getting added value, extra. Most importantly, they pay our internet bill. They pay the internet bill. Monday morning uh, starting line was in that shot glass Hector Sr. poured for you. What was in the shot glass? An eye-opener. Oh, you're watching. Yeah. Hector Sr., originally from Miami. Our mutual history goes back to Miami Hollywood Speedway. And you, those guys are uh, Puerto Rican, but um, we all enjoy the uh, Cafe Cubano. Had a little cafecito, right? Which with 10 times the caffeine of anything else you're going to drink. And they make it perfectly. And amazing. Amazing. And uh, Hector and Natty and everybody on that team knows. And Hector will go around and bring you a little. Uh, me, if you want it. And everybody else is afraid of it, right? They're all scared for the caffeine. Meanwhile, I had a Celsius in the morning. Yeah, because I mean, Hector. <laughs> Got to get fired up for any race. And so Hector is my coffee buddy. Brings me a little espresso in the morning. Keith Kaufman. Proud to own and wear the WFO merchandise. Thank you very much, Keith. William. Looks like uh, Hector, but wears a white hat and pro Who looks like Hector, but wears a white hat and pro stock? I, I don't know. Any more than that. Have Bob Wilbur on the show about the new book. He's got a new book. Yes, he's got a new book. Person was very cool to us, and I feel terrible not retaining his name. Shame. Ding. Shame on you, Bill. It's all right. It's tough. They had to be a world champion for the white hat, right? They had a white camping world hat. Oh, here's a, here's a legit question. Is the blinder on Mike Salinas windscreen uh, opaque or tint? It's it's just a black uh, decal, I think is what it is, that prevents him from looking over, you know, like blinders. So you don't get distracted, which I think should be illegal. Oh, I'm catching heck from everybody about me and my rules, making rules. But yeah, like I, if it was World Series of Poker, these people that are wearing the costumes and the sunglasses so you can't read their faces... I would make it illegal. That's part of the talent. I sat in the media center at the U.S. Nationals once with Shirley Muldowney and Alan Reinhardt. And this is on our YouTube channel. You got to go dig around, but you can find it. Shirley recounting her win over Connie Coletta at the Big Go. And she talks about looking over and him looking at her and all the contact. And I think you got to have that. I don't want the racers to use artificial methods to focus themselves. I think you got to be able to focus. And if you look over and you see that person looking back at you the way Matt Smith looks over, that's part of the game. But if you want to block it out, I guess that's your right until they let me in charge. And then you know the first thing I'm doing. I missed the bracket deal because I figured first round was at noon. I was scrambling to get my team in. And I got my team in. And I, I had Hartford and I, I had, uh, I had Justin beating Antron and Justin winning the big go over Steve. So I was one off. I had Chad green winning it all. I should have felt the snake energy, but really, I think I probably didn't want to just jinx it. I don't know, but it's a very fun experience. Drag race bracket bonanza. Elon has done a good job with that. 
Of course you want a hero card. Who doesn't want a Joe Costello hero card? Sarcasm. Super Street to the front. You have some great support. Well, not only that, but I think that there should be a world championship in Super Street. I think it's why not? Why are we holding that category down? They've got some of the coolest cars, some of the coolest cars in all of drag racing because they don't have to be light. Okay, International's first event, smart move. Uh, when is the attention in the pits with Sam and his stalker? He befriended us on the top of the tower during Fry and Qualify. He's a riot. Oh, Pusho. I don't know. The next attention in the pits will be the historic 100th episode of Attention in the Pits. Attention in the Pits is a YouTube show that we innovated on NHRA's YouTube channel and social media. And so many people say that Lucas Oil Racing is the backbone of drag racing and NHRA's got the coolest cars. And so we have featured a hundred different people over the past couple of seasons. It's an amazing archive of the people and the cars of NHRA drag racing. Honestly, I believe it's underappreciated. I think it's underappreciated. It's definitely undershared. You can go on all these websites. Look at me getting angry. You can go on all these websites and it's like a basic 5.0 Mustang. will have hundreds of thousands of views like Mustang people. And you'll see an amazing machine and an amazing person walking around their car telling you about all the stuff that makes it unique and one of a kind. And, we, you know, we get tens of thousands of views, but I want more and I'm angry about it. I want more. Well, we're about to have our 100th milestone episode. In anything, 100 episodes is significant. So when it drops and what will it be and who will it be? There's a couple out there that are in the hopper. Now, of course, I have nothing to do with this decision. It's a very big decision. If you like the decision, then it's definitely me. If you don't like the decision, then it's Nikki. That's pretty much how we're going to work it, right? And since I've made it perfectly plain and clear, you can just decide. Don't like it, Nikki. Like it, me. Lauren says, horses wear blinders. I think that's a statement about it. Exactly. Great show, Joe. Look forward to Rob and Matt Rob, Ron, and Matt Smith at noon tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you for supporting me yesterday. Paul Boone, absolutely. Great show. Look forward to seeing Matt and Ron tomorrow. Exactamundo. All right, guys. That's it. WFO Radio rolls on. Thank you very much. We're getting there, baby. We're getting there. Like, we're growing. Our podcast is growing, and our YouTube channel is growing, and our Facebook is eh, it's growing. Our Facebook group is growing and we're out there, but why and how do we grow? The only way we grow is because of you guys, the fans of the show, the listeners and the fans of NHRA Drag Race. And by now, I figure you know where I'm coming from on this. You know, mean no harm, want what's best for the sport. Try real hard. Feel like there's some comedy along the way and there's some controversy every once in a while. You get the behind-the-scenes stories. I think you get the behind-the-scenes stories in a big way on WFO. But we're still just scratching the surface of the people out there who I know would love this show and any show, whether it be the guys in Life's a Drag who failed to post the podcast. But they did, by the way. Eventually, they did. I'm just – that's the thing. When you make a little mistake like that, you gotta, we got you got to pay just with a little fun. 
every once in a while. Slow fun, right? Remember that time that that happened? But it was a great show, by the way. We had a good time. Jason Logan, Jason Galvin, Brian Loans has got his NHRA Insider podcast. I watch Hartford on Shake and Bake, attacking like the, the whole Erica thing, overblown. Now I got to see it. If you've never been in the arena and you don't know what it's like to feel the extreme disappointment or the adrenaline that flows through you when you do something extreme that you love a lot, it's really hard to take any commentary seriously. It just is. I mean, you can say what you want because everybody has a right to say whatever they want, have whatever opinion that they want. But is it valid? Or are you going to be taken seriously? That's the real question. All right, guys, tomorrow, 12 noon, Ron Caps, Matt Smith, be there.